0: Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 8 of Who is Neil? And of course, a special hello to everyone listening via Twitter right now. In this episode, I'm going to share several conversations I've had with the Neil Turner and White Genocide T1 Twitter accounts. I'm also going to focus on a figure in the alt-right, Andrew Anglin, who runs a white nationalist publication known as the Daily Stormer, which is known for its anti-Semitic and racially charged rhetoric. Before that though, let's review what's happened in the first 7 episodes of this podcast. In episode 1, we introduced Neil Turner and explained that he is not a bot, he is a real person using tech to empower his account. An extremely active pro-Trump account that has amassed a cult following on the Twitter platform. Neil is supposedly a teenage to early 20 year old living in Mississippi. His bio on Twitter reads this, Fighting political correctness and white genocide, one tweet at a time. Hashtag Trump, hashtag alt-right. Neil's tweets have also been featured in Politico and Fortune, which is true. They have. However, it wasn't the press that got Neil popular. It was technology. Neil runs a script, a simple computer program, that allows his account to be the first respondent to every tweet that comes from either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton's accounts. I then talked about a direct message conversation I had with a Neil Turner Twitter account where he described why he is fighting to keep Clinton out of office and supports Trump. Neil.
1: I've made my decision. I'm not coming on your show slash podcast. I'm for Trump because I hate what the globalists are doing to our country Canada, and all the other European countries. I'm tired of the media's agenda. I'm tired of the media's lies. I'm tired of having to put up with self-hating people. Why are we forced to share everything we work for with strangers? Oh, and could you stop replying to my tweets? Your comments have no substance and are totally worthless, sometimes even totally false. I'll have to block you if you don't stop.
0: I then shared a conversation with White Genocide T1, where he explained how the white race is under attack.
1: All I really post in my bot is tweets slash stories of non-whites attacking white people and statistics. The US was intended to be white only, beside a small black population, from its founding up until 1965. These people have displaced whites and were never intended to be here in the first place. We can deport people, revoke citizenships, cut off benefits to illegals and non-whites, sterilize, segregate, there are many options. It does not have to be violent. But if you haven't seen from Trump rallies in California, a lot of these protesters are just assaulting his, mostly white, supporters. Things already are violent. If Whites don't want to be a minority, they will have to work fast.
0: Now as I mentioned, in this episode I am going to discuss Andrew Anglin of the Daily Stormer. I will also share conversations with the Neil Turner, Jason Bergkamp, and White Genocide T1 Twitter accounts to get their thoughts on Andrew and some additional conversations we've all had to get a better sense of the ideas that bring together the different factions within the alt-right. Thanks, and hope you enjoy. You
2: can't
0: First, let's look at who Andrew Anglin is. As I mentioned, Andrew runs a publication called The Daily Stormer, whose tagline is the world's most visited alt-right website. It's a place for white supremacists, aka white nationalists, to come together and chat about things that they care about. For instance, Dylan Roof from the Charleston shooting was said to be a commenter on the site. To give a sense of what the Daily Stormer covers, here are some titles from recent stories published on the site.
1: Yuck, Hillary coughing out weird green slime. Globalism is about to end, just like before World War II, says economists. Jew Gene Simmons says he never did drugs because of the Holocaust. And finally, Homo erectus president of America defends anti American negroid quarterback.
0: That should give you a sense of the type of content that Andrew Anglin and the Daily Stormer use to incite their base. Let's hear a clip of Andrew chatting about some of his work. The ADL, the FBI, and a group of journalists and academics are going together to attack,
2: I guess, you and, and Andrew Arnheimer as well. What's the background to that? Well, the background is that they don't have a plan, and they're really pissed off about people making fun of them on the internet. <laughs> so they've assembled a, a, a council. They con- I, I convened a council. This is like a Elders of Zion type <laughs> thing that they've done. They brought together Jewish journalists, academics, the former assistant head of the FBI, the head of cybersecurity, this guy, and they've convened a council to discuss how to silence people on the Internet who are making fun of Jews, on Twitter mainly. I don't have any idea what they're planning to do, but it's bizarre. I have a picture, actually, of this task force that uh, you presented for us on your website. Do they understand what they're involved in, in terms of the, the humor in all of this, too? No, they have no idea what's going on. Because they said it was to, to fight back, to annoy, they said it was going to annoy the anti-Semites on the Internet. But everybody's laughing at it, and everybody's like really excited about it. Well, I mean, it's just gaining sympathy. They, they took over all of civilization by whining. And this is like their only trick. <laughs> young people don't really think that much about the Holocaust. I mean, this was something sold to the baby boomer generation with these movies, and they felt so bad for these Jews who got you know, made into various types of furniture and cleaning products. <laughs> but it's, for, for young people, young white people, like I said, it mixes in with all this other stuff you've got going on of all the, being told you're evil nonstop and people complaining about you. All the time that um, it just uh, it's all it's all mixing together into this noise that everybody's sick of it. So, you know, when you hear when you see people joking about the Holocaust, it's it's funny because it's people whining and whining and whining. The other thing is, Jews have kind of pushed a, a type of nihilism. You know, we, we lost the religion, we lost all our history, all our values and so on. So to just replace that with your values are now that you're evil and you have to be against racism and you have to talk about the Holocaust and, and feel bad about it, uh, it, it doesn't really work. There's no, there's no we, we're kind of in a moral vacuum where there's nothing uh, to really relate any of this stuff to. So you create a situation where then lulls, as we call them, Are very funny, and rather than being offensive, it's like it's like uh, you know, there's not much more room for people to be offended. So it's just uh, malicious humor that's hilarious. It's unmanageable because what do you censor and what do you not censor? And obviously, when they start censoring more hardcore, we're going to start trolling this and get like crazy things censored because they. I mean, it's Indians reviewing all this it's not it's not white people twitter is afraid to go really hardcore on the banning at least in the united states i mean now they have a legal obligation to do it in europe but in the united states they're they're very worried about going too hardcore on the censorship because they have a stock problem right now
0: that was andrew as you can see he is not a fan of jews which seems to be consistent across the entire alt right in his case, anti-Semitic trolling is comedy, and some people just don't get it. Another consistent theme here is hating the mainstream media. Everyone in the alt right has their reasons for hating the MSM, in Andrew's case it's because it's owned by Jews. Not everyone in the alt right follows Anglin and the Daily Stormer though. When I asked Neil Turner, Bergkamp, Camp, and White Genocide T1 what they thought of Andrew Anglin, here is what they said. Nathan What do you think of Andrew Anglin? Neil
1: I don't really know anything about him to be honest.
0: Nathan Really? He seems relevant to your views in the alt-right. Also, he's a 4chan guy. I thought you were into 4chan. Neil Yeah, I just don't really follow him. I also don't go to
1: 4chan too much anymore.
0: Nathan What do you think of Andrew Anglin? Jason
2: I don't know him too well. I can't say I frequent his site much either, but him and Weave do funny stuff occasionally.
0: Nathan yeah, seems like Neil doesn't follow him either. I was surprised. He seems like a major figure in the alt-right. Jason
2: He's not alt-right, though. He's considered too extreme to be alt-right.
0: Nathan Well, that's interesting. He seems more aligned with White Genocide T1 than any of you guys. If he's not alt-right, then what is he? Jason
2: National Socialist
0: Nathan What do you think of Andrew Anglin? White Genocide T1?
1: Love him. He's awesome.
0: Nathan Ah, I see. Do you read the Daily Stormer and all that? White Genocide T1
1: Yep, every day.
0: It's interesting to see members of the alt-right, such as Jason Bergkamp, say that Andrew Englund is too extreme to be a part of the alt-right movement, despite Englund himself claiming his site The Daily Stormer is the number one most read alt-right website. This just goes to show how fragmented the alt-right is in their ideologies. There are, however, some things that they can all agree on. I'll touch on that in the next segment. As I mentioned before, there are some things that the entire alt-right can agree on, or so it seems. One of them is the belief in free speech, transparency, and having an utter and complete hate for political correctness. The alt-right takes this to the extreme. In fact, they have an affinity for spreading conspiracy theories like Hillary's health conditions. Let me share a conversation Neil Turner and I had about transparency in the election. The conversation starts with Neil linking me a tweet that says this, Why didn't Hillary drink the water she had in her hand? Why was she handed special water? Hashtag Hillary's health. It includes a small video depicting what is said in the tweet. Neil then says, "Neil, Do you see anything weird about this behavior? Nathan. No, But I do think they should both release their medical records and Donald his tax returns. All I care about is full transparency from both sides.
1: Hillary. Transparent.
0: Haha. I'm not disagreeing.
1: Not saying that Trump is perfect in that regard either,
0: but she is
1: something else.
0: Yeah, this election is a disaster and a disgrace.
1: But do you not think it's strange that she had a bottle of water in her hands and she needed someone to hand her a glass of water instead?
0: No, I could literally care less about that, but if you string together enough clips of that nonsense and push it across the internet, it obviously catches on.
1: Okay, well what about her blaming the coughing on allergies?
0: Beats me. Nor should we even have to think about what could or couldn't be. If they both released all their medical docs, it wouldn't matter.
1: Yeah, we shouldn't, but with all the weird things going on with Hillary, we absolutely have to, don't you think? Coughing, short circuits, involuntary movements, more coughing, something green and slimy coming from her throat, more coughing. Oh, and you don't cough like that if it's really allergies. I can say that from experience.
0: Who knows? You can spend plenty of time thinking of what all this could add up to, but ultimately, they should just both release everything. It's a scam they've gotten this far without having to. Sure, but until then, we can only speculate. And I don't see it going too well for her at the moment. We'll see what happens. I hardly even care who wins. I just want it to be done. I then sent Neil a link from a Vine from Vic Berger, which is pushing an idea that Trump may have rabies. I say this to Neil. Nathan, does Trump have rabies? Neil. Apparently. Uh Uh-oh.
1: Well, I still think that stuff that came out of Hillary's throat is worse. Wink face.
0: Oh, the conspiracies. Another topic I mentioned that the alt-right agrees on is censorship. I think everyone can agree that censorship on the internet is in a very gray area right now. Here's a piece of a conversation that Neil Turner and I had about censorship on Twitter. We'll hop into the conversation where Neil and I are talking about how he is consistently now replying to Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, about the different types of censorship on the platform. Neil.
1: Yeah, well, it's surprising Twitter hasn't put an end to it yet.
0: Talking about his work on Twitter. Considering that I'm tweeting at
1: Jack now, too.
0: Nathan. Yeah, as long as it's not harassment, it's fine. He's not going to block you or anything. You have a right to
1: voice your opinion. Yeah, but to be honest, Twitter is a really shitty platform nowadays. They're intentionally making hashtags autocomplete wrong.
0: Neil then sends me a picture of several hashtags that Twitter has split, such as DNC leaks having no S at the end. Neil.
1: I've witnessed all of these things myself.
0: Hmm, I see. They are definitely censoring behind the scenes. I was censored from the entire platform, shadow banned, for the last week
1: almost. There's probably a ton I haven't seen slash don't recall. Yeah, I don't doubt it. You might have heard of Gab.ai?
0: Nah, what is
1: it? It's supposed to be a free speech Twitter alternative. As much as I'd like it to succeed, I don't see it happening.
0: I see. I don't think anyone can really take on Twitter like that now.
1: I feel like if you don't launch something radically different, you will not have a chance. The platforms are pretty much established, and it's going to take something radical to change what people want to use. Soft-censoring people on Twitter will not make them move away, unfortunately. Regular people just don't care.
0: Yeah, there's really no point in providing alternatives to the Facebooks and Twitters of the world. At this point, you're just forced to build on top of them. People don't care. They won't even think that something like shadow banning is real.
1: Exactly. What do you feel about the quality filter being forced on by default
0: for everyone, by the way? I don't mind it so much. You have an option to turn it on and off.
1: Yeah, but it's hidden under notifications, and it alters a lot more than just notifications.
0: Personally, I haven't seen much of a change in the content I see at all. I know it's supposed to, but I just haven't seen much of a change. I won't really have an opinion on that until they start expanding it.
1: Maybe that's the plan. Launch it with limited filtering, slowly start filtering more.
0: Well yeah, I'm sure that is the plan. Maybe not filtering more, but more advanced filtering for abuse and harassment. It will definitely be easy to manipulate early on.
1: Yeah, well we all know what that means right, Twitter being a liberal company with liberal views.
0: Nah, it'll go both ways. I was just censored like I said for an entire week, most likely for exhibiting quote-unquote abusive behavior towards Trump. Then I got blocked by both his sons, and I'm sure that didn't help. Really? Yes. End of conversation, and end of episode 8. Talk to you next time.